May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture today is from Psalm 86, and as you'll notice at the end of the psalm as it's printed, it's the scripture psalm is from Opening to You, Zen-inspired psalm by Norman Fisher, where he combines Eastern and Western spirituality to unveil the mysteries of the psalms to the people of any spiritual background. He competed with a phone, I I compete with a lovely voice. Listen to me, answer me, for I am desperate. Protect my soul, for I am steadfast. O you to whom I am ever calling, in whom I am always trusting, help me now. Be gracious with me. I call out to you all day long. Let my soul rejoice with relief, for I lift it up to you, who are good and forgiving. Abundant in kindness to all who call out to you, listen listen to my prayer. Hear my desperation's voice. On the day of my distress, I call on you, knowing you will answer. You, the incomparable one whose deeds are inconceivable. All the nations you have made will come to bow before you, honoring your unsayable name. For you are boundless grace, you are boundless greatness, and your deeds are wonders and inexplicable. There is only you, you alone. Teach me your path, and I will walk firmly in your truth. Let my heart be undivided in awe of your namelessness, and I will thank you with all my heart, and I will honor you unsayableness forever. For your kindness toward me is great. You have saved my soul from the deep. Arrogant ones have risen against me. Ruthless ones seek my life. These are the ones who do not see you. But you are full of mercy, gracious and kind. Slow to anger, steadfast in love and truth. Oh, turn to me. Be gracious with me. Give me your strength. Save the child of your maidservant. Fix me with a sign of goodness, so those who oppose me can see it and be ashamed, knowing you have helped me and giving me comfort. Amen. Our scripture continues at Roman chapter 8, verses 26. Listen for the word of God. Dear siblings, the spirit comes to the aid of our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the spirit intercedes with inexpressible groanings, and the one who searches hearts knows what is the intention of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the holy ones 
according to God's will. For those of you who want to read at home, the gospel today is Matthew 13, 24 to 43. So we'll leave that for your study at home. Thank you, Pastor Nora. Thank you, Clepfers, for our youth. What a, what a privilege to send our young people to another part of the country, to another culture, to such a beautiful place. I look forward to learning more. I'm going to hop into my sermon in a minute, and I leaned into Nora, and I said, may I, may I um, add an addendum to the report, which is the PCUSA was not formed until 1983. There were, of course, Presbyterians and many kinds of Presbyterians in the United States, but it actually wasn't until 83. So certainly it was Presbyterians. And Presbyterians have boarding schools for Native American children. And we know that it wasn't until 1972 in Minnesota that the law came off the books that Native children could practice their own language and their own spirituality. So there's a very current history, and you are absolutely accurate in that. Um, I want to say that one of the things that I have been very involved with with Des Moines Presbytery has been the project of the Synod of Lakes and Prairie called Restorative Actions. It's a Christian approach to reparations. We don't just say, I'm sorry, and write a check. But we do a real process of self-evaluation. Um, I was thinking, as Pat was reading the text, from Psalms, okay, so we're just gonna settle in here and then I'm gonna get to the sermon and I'll abbreviate it. Uh, <laughs> in that third paragraph, teach me your path and I will walk firmly in your truth. This is the work of people of faith. Teach me your path because that path is not obvious to the human heart. Otherwise, why would these good Presbyterians, okay, have done these things that now we go, oh my goodness, how heart-wrenching and how wrong, right? So it is that constant, constant drawing near to the divine that we need to know the path and to do the path better. We can do that, and it is work, and it is self-examination, and it is hard, <laughs> and we do it best when we do it together, because how you see it might not be how I see it. How I see it might challenge you, and we need to do that together so that we develop a wise, a good, and a true path. So thank you for being a mission leader, thank you, Clefers. Thank you for all of you and your generosity for this powerful experience. It will be one that each one of the participants will carry the rest of their lives. We locally can participate in the Synod of Lakes and Prairies restorative actions. I'm looking for Judy. So when we talked about who is Ann Fitzgerald and why would she come to St. Luke, and you have now seen all kinds of imperfections and dislikes, and why the heck did we hire her? Yeah, all right, let's just call it. So, but one of the things I can bring here, if you want it, is the process of restorative actions. 
And I think because of your deep commitment to the division of Indian work and your care about the original Native community here, I think it would be an endeavor that would be a wise thing for St. Luke to participate in. All right. I'm going to shift the sermon and the manuscript that I have typed in front of me. Thank you, Pastor Nora. Thank you, Klepfers. Thank you, beloved community. How many of you have been in St. Luke's backyard? Ooh, excellent. How many of you helped clear the woods or lay stones or pull weeds in the labyrinth? And how many, uh, has it been a while since you've been out in the backyard? Has it been a while? There were some weeders who were in there last week, right? Yeah, and maybe it's been a while. So this labyrinth is a lovely spot. Uh, David pointed it out to me early on uh, in my onboarding here. It is on, I cannot pronounce it fully, my place of learning, but it is on Dakota ground. It's on Dakota ground. And a bit of the neighbor to the labyrinth is the sweat lodge over that direction. And there's enough distance between the labyrinth and the sweat lodge that allows for two kinds of spiritual spiritualities and prayer practice to happen on the same backyard. Right? It's beautiful. Reverend Lauren Artez was an Episcopal priest at the Grace Cathedral in San Francisco when she brought this ancient practice, it's actually medieval practice, to her church. And it started out as a design painted on canvas, and it was spread across the interior of the church, and people learned to pray the labyrinth indoors on the canvas. And it became so popular and so meaningful that in her leadership, then, it was built on the outside of the church on the plaza. And David tells me lovely stories of his youth, may I say, when he was in San Francisco. And, and there is a little Tony Bennett in that reference, too. All right, there's a little Tony Bennett in that reference. That he would, after his artistic work during the day, and the, his work with the production would finish, he would go up and spend time in prayer there. Yeah, thank you. I think that's part of the inspiration to have a labyrinth here. He said I could tell his story. He didn't want to get to the mic. So we love that. We love that you have prayed there, that that was a faithful part of your spirituality. And we love that you brought it to St. Luke. Thank you. That circle, right, it's a universal symbol of wholeness and unity. It's one of nature's basic forms. And it's incorporated into many world religions' symbols. So when we think about being human beings, we can make a circle, right, when we put our thumb and our pointer finger together. You need to follow me. You want to do that? Make your circle, right? Or if you've got a headache, make circles on your temples. You want to do that? Little that? Rubbing those circles. Okay, how about a favorite one, and I'm glad I'm behind the pulpit, taking your palm and making a circle on your belly, right? You see this bodily peace is part of our spirituality. Circles are there. Even if you're not artistic, you can make a stick look like a human by drawing a circle on the top of the stick figure, right? Um, so it's not a surprise then that circles become sacred 
geometry, sacred geometry, to wander around, to spin in circles, a dog chasing its tail, a motion for kneading bread. All of these are circular patterns. Now, labyrinth walking is a nonverbal activity. This might be a challenge for us because we love to chat. But it is a nonverbal activity because when it's quiet, many people can do it at the same time. When it's quiet, we will walk in silence. And so in that silence, we can do it as a group and we will connect by a shared activity. The silence builds relationships between us because then words can't distract. I didn't like what she said. Why did she use that word? That doesn't work for me. But if we pray in silence, we can do it together and we're not distracted. A labyrinth, and I want to point out, we have this beautiful wooden labyrinth, and I didn't find it until this past week, up in the quiet room, kind of the center hallway. There's just two chairs in there. It's a place, if you're ever here and you need to pray, or you need a one-on-one meeting with someone, it's a beautiful space to go to. And this, it's called a finger labyrinth, hangs on the wall in that quiet room. So one of the things, if you're not able, if today's not a good day for you to walk up the hill and go pray, you're welcome to take this, put it on your lap, and trace it with your finger. It, it really is another way to engage with the labyrinth. But this tracing, whether on paper or on wood, or walking it, encourages a slow pattern, right? We are to be more in flow, We don't want to force, and we will do it with cooperation. And if you see someone walking towards you, you just smile, lean. You don't say, I'm going to the right. Just everybody stay to the right, you know? And we don't have to use many words in it. So it's a purposeful path where we start on the outside and we work our way to the inside. And you'll know you're in the inside because it has a bit of a circle. And you can pause there. And it's about the journey of life, really is part of this movement, right? Sometimes I've talked about, about um, seasons. Today we're talking about labyrinth, but journey. It's a spiritual tool meant to awaken us to a deep rhythm and to see what I would call the divine light, to experience it in our body, surrendering to a winding path, and letting our souls experience healing and wholeness. The labyrinth is a sacred space and can give us an experience of the divine. So I want you, we are actually going to go out there today. This is meant to be a short service. We'll get there. Our deacons have provided a lovely refreshment time. So you can be refreshed before you go out to the labyrinth or refreshed on your way back. But when you go, it's, it's a medieval prayer. And in that time, people suspended. There wasn't the dichotomy so much of life. It wasn't belief, judgment, right? 
Instead, it was sensation, sensate. And so we don't want to practice too many splits between reason and imagination, feeling and psyche, spirit. So just be patient with it. This might feel like a strange territory to begin with, but I would invite you to come back another day. Or if you're in a, if you need to be on your way today, that's all right too. Um, come back another day. Bring a friend. Bring your beloved. Or come alone and just spend time out in the woods. The spiritual tool of the labyrinth is a path that leads us to our own center. It is a form of prayer where we connect to the Holy Spirit. We need that. We need that connection with the divine so that we know our purpose and why we are here. What is our future? And when we have that connection, man, that path gets really clear. It gets really clear. So let me just visit a little bit about the how-to to pray a labyrinth. And I do how-to in air quotes because there's really no right or wrong. There's no really right or wrong except quiet, right? It's a meditation. We do it in silence. We move between image and contemplation because you have to do it with your eyes open. You will follow the stones. You will follow the path. And we do it in a non-judgmental state. Some people find that it helps to bring in an intention to the labyrinth. That's why I said, bring your gracious attention to church today in the e-blast, right? So you can bring a question, you can bring a hope for this prayer rock. Whatever arises in you. Like the hands-down prayer that we did last week, it might be about letting go something today. Time to walk away from something something to lay it down and put it in God's care. Or we might walk the labyrinth in a hands-up pattern. Maybe today you are seeking something from God. I am seeking healing. I'm seeking an answer. I'm seeking support, patience, or grace. Bring that. Maybe your prayer today will be more of a mantra, one word that you're just going to pray over and over. Peace, hope, generosity. And when you get to the center of that labyrinth, take as much time as you need to pray. Be there for whatever rhythm feels right for you. And then as you walk out, as you unspiral, the point is to realistically and symbolically taking what you have been blessed with and take it and bring it out into the world. You might have a vague feeling, you might have an emotion, or you might have a very clear answer of something that's going to come to fruition. Just honor it. Once we have sung the final amen, at the end of worship, we will pray the labyrinth. We'll head out the door here. Again, if you want to stay in the sanctuary, if this doesn't uh, work for you today, you can use your bulletin. And this is called the Babylonian Labyrinth. And you can just stay in your seat and trace it with your finger. Now, this design is different than the one in our backyard, which is from Chart, uh, the French Labyrinth. This is Babylonian. And you'll go in one path and, and come out a different direction. Or as I say, take turns.
put the, put the uh, carved wooden labyrinth on your lap and enjoy that one. But once we've sung that final amen, for those of you who are ready to walk, we'll go up the hill of these steps. You'll see the picnic table on your left. Uh, Smita has made a couple of pointer signs for us, so follow the sign. And then there's a walkway into the woods that curves to the right. I made a couple wooden arrows out there, so watch the ground, it'll point you to the right. And then there'll be an entrance out there. David will be there to kind of guide people as well. I'm gonna flip to my sandals and I'll be out there as well. Uh, some of you can start with refreshments and as you see a group come back and swap places. Um, so we're grateful for the deacons this morning. Um, come back another day if, you, if today doesn't work for you. I'd like to close by reading Romans 8 again. Dear siblings, brothers, sisters, the Spirit comes to the aid of our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit intercedes with inexpressible groanings, and the one who searches hearts knows what the intention of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the Holy Ones according to God's will. Thanks be to God. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.